This is Psych, Wine, and Pop Culture, a podcast brought to you by two best friends, Kristen and Heather. Join us for a glass of wine, providing a psychological perspective on popular TV shows and movies. And candid conversations about mental health. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. Hi everyone, this is Heather and Kristen and today we want to talk about friendships and why having social support is so important to your mental health. We'll talk about how friendship changes as we enter different phases in our lives. We'll share a little bit about our friendship and we have a podcast we want to share with you with an episode that gives great suggestions if you're having trouble maintaining friendships. And Kristen actually took these suggestions and followed the steps they mentioned for growing a social support network. I did, and you know what? They were super helpful, so I can't wait to share this particular episode and this podcast with everyone, so hopefully they can listen too. I am so excited too, and I did say this before, but this is a podcast that I really, really love because it really got me into other podcasts, and it kind of broke my podcast cherry, (laughs) (laughs) and that's when I started to become obsessed, and then I started to think, hey, I kind of want to share some information too, and... Then me and Kristen started to think about making our own podcast. Yeah, it did inspire both of us. I I hope that everyone enjoys that one too. I think if they enjoy this podcast, they'll like that one too. I think they will, definitely. That one's is just, it's really easy to understand. There's just so many topics that you don't think about that really are relative to your life. So definitely a recommendation. Okay, let's not give too much away. We're going to share that at the end. <laughs> okay, we will, we will. All right, so we're talking about friendships because, number one, it goes into how we feel about ourselves. And one of those things is that, one, how we feel about ourselves, but also how other people feel about us. So when we have someone who is really close to us, someone we can confide in, someone that we can talk with without feeling judgment, engaging in, you know, shared activities together, just feeling understood really just lifts us up. It makes us feel good about ourselves. And social support really has been correlated with many studies in psychology stating that when you feel like you have this social support from your friends, even family members, it really does make you feel better. Well, that's how I feel about you. I feel like you understand me, you listen to me, and we have a lot of shared interests, which is part of what makes you a good friend, Heather. But you just I mean to me I think you're like one of the best people I've ever met oh you're sweet I think you're one of the best people I ever met too and especially because I feel like I can say whatever and you're not gonna judge me I just think that we have always vibed and we have been friends for quite a long time I would say almost like 14 years maybe about that let's go with that it's been a, it's been a while I would say that's about accurate Yes, we have been friends for over a decade. Um, I met Heather when I was about 11, almost 12 years old. And at first we were kind of like, should we really share how we were, how we became friends or what? Because it's kind of, I don't know. It's, It's kind of unconventional, I guess you could say, depending on who you're talking to. That's a good word to describe it. But we decided to be truthful and just go with it. So yeah, 
So basically how we met, we did meet when we were younger. So she was about 11, 12. I was like 14, 15. And the reason that we met is because I was dating her, wait for it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we were dating, I would say for a pretty long time, but I met her initially when I started dating him. And I remember I'd go to his house and I'd see his little sister in her room, you know, playing and doing things. And I know it's kind of strange, but I've always just been very social, especially at that age. So I just really didn't see her age as a thing. Like, I just felt like she was a cool person, like the way she talked, you know, the way, you know, she seemed interested in talking to me. And she was she just seemed very mature for her age at the same time. So I was like, you know what? It just never really appeared to me that you were just this young girl and we just started to talk and then her brother kind of thought it was strange i remember yeah (laughs) because you guys you guys were 15 so when you're 15 and 12 it feels like a big difference because you were in high school and i was still in middle school Mm -hmm. exactly and maybe i don't you know you're going through puberty i'm you know pretty much almost done with puberty at that point a lot of different things i'm dating you're not allowed to date there's just so many differences that are happening Yeah, that's true. But I have been waiting to share this with you. I found a journal from when I was that age and I talked about when I first met you. What? Yes. What? You didn't tell me this. Actually, it wasn't a journal. It was a letter to, I don't know if like people did this, other people did this in middle school, but you would keep a notebook and instead of passing different notes, you would just both write in the same notebook. And that's how you would give letters to each other. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember this vaguely. I didn't do it, but I heard of people doing it. So one of my friends did this with me. We would we would write notes in this journal and I kept it. And I wrote about like when you first started dating my brother, when you came around. And I did think that. Like I wrote that I don't get why she wants to talk to me so much. <laughs> wow that's funny but yeah I guess I was kind of like taken aback and it wasn't because I thought you were weird it's just that at that time I guess I felt like a lot of people didn't pay attention to me nobody really took an interest in what I liked or what I was into and you did so that's why I just felt maybe that's why I felt so connected with you and why our friendship has lasted for so long Mm, that's so cool that you have that Mm -hmm. I mean going back to that now that I'm thinking about it I've always just I think some people could say oh she was probably trying to be your friend to get on her brother's good side which that really never crossed my mind I didn't care to be honest about that yeah (laughs) I didn't feel like that was her motivation I think kids are very intuitive and they know even if they are young, and I didn't feel that way. Yeah, I think for me, it just was whenever I'm with someone or like a friend, I want to know what's in their life too. And I want to make everybody in their space feel special, I guess. Yeah. So I think that was kind of my motivation at the time. And I think I still do that today, so. Well, that's what makes you a good friend. And yes, you do still do that till this day, several years later, and through all of the phases that we've gone through in life and all the changes, I think our friendship has always been a constant, no matter what the other person's going through. I mean, you've gone through, you, you're married, you know, you've gone through, we've both gone through relationships. And I don't think that 
any of that has really changed how you and I feel about each other and how important we are to each other. And with the things that we're going to talk about and the research that you are going to share with us, I think it's going to kind of open people's eyes and make them realize like that it has been studied as to why maybe people drift apart as they grow older or, you know, certain events happen in their life, like having kids or, you know, things like that. So I think this is going to be a really good episode for people who maybe feel like, I don't know, they've had a friendship that they want to maintain more or they want to grow their friendship base. Friendships have been researched for a long, long period of time. And friendships are sometimes used synonymously with the word social support. So you may hear that. Social support is just feeling a friendship or network where you spend a lot of time with and you feel close to. So a lot of research studies have noticed that there is a correlation or an association between the quality relationships that you have versus how many number of friendships you have. So you may have heard this before where if you have so many friends, that means that you're more happy, right? But it's really not about the number. (laughs) Not quantity. So it's quality over quantity. Exactly. So all the research always says it's always quality over quantity. And the quality of the relationship is met by those things we talked about. So being able to talk to your friend, feel like you're not feeling judged, feeling that you're able to do things together and both enjoy time with one another. So another thing about friendships is having that reciprocity where if I'm feeling down, you know, you kind of build me up. And then when you're feeling down, I build you up. And in some friendships, unfortunately, it's kind of a one-way street. But when you have that quality relationship, it's when you're both doing, kind of putting in the work to continue and maintain that friendship. Yeah, just like you would with a relationship with a significant other. I feel like these two things are so related because a lot of the things that you do in a romantic relationship, it really aligns a lot with friendships too. You know, making sure that you're communicating effectively, (laughs) making sure. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't think about it, but it's true. Basically, the only difference I feel like is the physical intimacy. That's pretty much it. I would agree with that. Yeah, there's definitely the emotional intimacy, which is all that we've talked about. So feeling that you can express your emotions, talk about stuff, feeling not judged is all about emotional intimacy. And physical intimacy, yes, of course, I mean, it depends on the relationship. Some people could have physical physical friendships, who knows, (laughs) right? But definitely romantic relationships do trump the uh, sexual attraction, I guess you could say. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do see that people who perceive that they just don't have a lot of social support, they tend to feel more stressed out. They tend to have less effective coping skills, and they also tend to have more depression and also anxiety symptoms. And I think those things are very much related with one another because if you can't go to your friend when you're feeling a certain way, I think it's only going to make you feel worse because you don't have someone to talk to. Right. So I think that's why we see that. So when people do have that perception that someone's there for them, even though they're not talking about it, but they feel that they have that support from that person, it automatically makes you, I guess, protected against stress and depression, according to the research. I want to give a real life example of that. Go ahead. So last year, it's actually almost been a year now since I had those two surgeries that I had. Mm -hmm. So I had 
appendicitis so I had to get an appendectomy but then a week later I had a complication where I had to go back because my small intestine was twisted and they also couldn't figure out what was wrong with me so I ended up staying in the hospital for a really long time like five days or so Mm -hmm. and in that time it really did make a difference when I had this one friend Brianna come visit me so I was not expecting friends to visit me in the hospital isn't that a little sad? Wow. Yeah, I would say that's that is a little sad. That it's interesting that you thought that. I'm wondering because maybe you just didn't perceive people supporting you. In a way, I I mean, I think I would do that for another friend, but it's like I don't expect that reciprocity that you were talking about. I didn't really expect them to, you know, take time away from their busy lives and Brianna had I mean, she's always got like three jobs and she goes to school full time and she managed to drive from a a city that's a little far away in the country all the way to the city here in Fort Worth to visit me in the hospital. And it was only for maybe like 20 minutes or so. Wow. I'm still glad that she went. That's pretty amazing. She was like, nobody's come to visit you. She was so shocked. And I was like, no, why? She goes... (laughs) what the heck, Kristen? This is so sad. And I was like, well, I'm glad you came to visit me. So, (laughs) Wow. Well, that really shows that, you know, perception does mean everything, right? It does, because I think her visit helped me not, like, get out of the hospital faster, but it did make me feel better and, like, okay, I really have to work hard to get out of here because, you know, they make you do a lot of physical exercises to get your strength up before you can leave. So I think it definitely did help with my perception while I was there. I think that's definitely true. I mean, it just makes you feel that you're not alone, right? I mean, even though your mom and, you know, someone close to you is there, it's still nice to see someone that you wouldn't think be there. It kind of gives you like an extra pick-me-up, I guess you could say. Yeah, it did. So the next thing we're going to talk about is our 20s. We do see that relationships shift in our 20s. Maybe some of you can resonate with this. But I feel I have resonated with this particular finding, if you will. But a lot of research has shown that going from our teenage years, so like in high school to 18-year-olds, we place a lot of emphasis on our friendships. And it's actually the easiest time to make friendships as well. And That doesn't shock me. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of that probably has to do with, you know, when you're in high school, there's so many shared activities that, you know, kids can do, right? They can be in like a sport, a club. They go to class every single day with the same people. So it's only that much easier to make friends, basically. Yeah. But as we grow up, you know, people go their separate ways. People go to college. They go into the workforce. They do maybe travel we start to see relationships change and we place less emphasis on our friendships and more so on our romantic relationships. And what the research is saying basically is that some of us, when we're in romantic relationships, we place more emphasis on the romantic relationship versus our friendships. And it doesn't really mean that because you're in a romantic relationship, you don't care less about your friends, but it's you're placing more involvement in the romantic relationship, if that makes sense. Yes. I mean, I think that that's more of a thing in in high school when you're like, oh, so-and-so has never had a boyfriend before. Now they have a boyfriend and <laughs> now they're not my friend as much anymore that we like, we don't hang out like we used to. Mm-hmm. But I think it does happen in your 20s as well. I mean, I've I've been on the other end of it. So yeah, I've been on the, the, the end of it. I think I've done that. I know you and I have maintained our friendship. 
But I would say other friendships, not so much. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but I just, there's a lot of things going on. You know, you could always have excuses for everything. But I felt for me, I just had to focus on a few relationships. And one of those were, you know, some of the close friendships that I had and some other ones, that unfortunately, I didn't maintain so much. And that just had to do with, you know, me being married, you know, being in the military with my husband, you know, moving. It was a lot of things going on. And unfortunately, I didn't maintain some of those friendships. And I kind of wish I did at some point. But I think now that I'm understanding this, I'm understanding that friendships are important. And I'm trying to build that network again. Yeah. So some of the other things with friendships as well that tend to kind of decrease the involvement of it is obviously getting married. Some other things are having kids, which I'm sure a lot of us have experienced. (laughs) being single so for example let's say i'm married and kristen's single we do see that those changes sometimes affect friendships unfortunately well fortunately for us it actually doesn't change anything but we do see that sometimes friendships friendships change when someone gets married and then the other person remains single and then just other things you know going to graduate school or starting a new job can also affect the quality of relationships so what, are, what the big takeaway is from this is that, yes, things happen in our lives, and sometimes we need to refocus what our priorities are. And if for you, is it to have a good social support, then you can't do that. If it's really not a priority for you, which it wasn't for me at some point in my life, that's okay. And now it's a priority for me now. Just from conversations I've had with you, you feel like friends who are married but have children, it's hard for you to like find time because you don't have kids so like you don't know exactly how to navigate through that and then for me it's like the other way like if I have friends that are married I don't know how to navigate through that and then if they have kids too I'm like oh wait hold up (laughs) I don't know can we still be friends and it's not because I have anything against kids it's just that I know that they have different priorities than me you know, I have two dogs, but it's really easy for me to just be like, okay, guys, I'm going to be gone for a couple hours. And then all they do is sleep because they're elderly. So it's different. <laughs> elderly dogs. That's kind of funny. It is different. There's a lot of complexities when people have kids and, you know, for example, finding a babysitter or, you know, having conversations with kids. You know, if you go out with your friend, you know, sometimes the kids interrupt and some people get upset, which I don't. But some people can get upset by that and it's kind of like a turnoff for some people yeah so knowing what your boundaries are knowing what your expectations out of a friendship are also very important I think yeah for sure so before we go on to the podcast that we want to share with everybody since you've given me all this information and this research about friendships there's one more thing that I want to mention and you haven't prepared for this so it's not like you're gonna have studies to back up what you say but I feel like having female friendships particularly is like super important to me. Yes, I don't have any research on this, but I think it's related back to having that social support where you perceive that you can do shared activities together, like having that common interest where we're doing one thing and we both just freaking love it. (laughs) That's part of it, right? So I think in general, I think it's for everybody, but I think you're you're kind of touching on like the female perspective where I think, yeah, it's probably important. I do go for friendships where they like the same things that I do. I want a friend that likes coffee, to be honest. I love coffee. I like going out for coffee, tasting different types of coffee. I love old things like going antique shopping. And a friend who doesn't like that, it's like, oh, I might do something else with them, but it's a, like I love the things that I love to do and I want my friends to love it too. 
Yeah. Now I I have gotten Aaron, my significant other, to do things that I used to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> we used to I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so when we lived together, we used to make homemade face masks with like fruits or honey or sugar, using like coffee beans to use as an exfoliant or like these homemade masks the things that you find on pinterest and so i've kind of rekindled that because instead of buying something i'm like you know what i just want to make something that makes me feel good you know self-care and so i got him to get into it too and now he loves it he's like he's gonna hate you for saying i don't care (laughs) (laughs) i did give him a heads up i said you know what i'm gonna share that and he goes okay fine so yeah like i bought an aloe plant recently and we took a little piece of it the edge because you know aloe is really good for your face it's super hydrating and that was his favorite one so far but he didn't like the way it smelled because it kind of smells like bo when you open it people never tell you that doesn't aloe kind of stink to you actually that is hilarious that you say that so today i ended up waxing juan's eyebrows no he's gonna hate you (laughs) i know he's gonna hate me but this is really related i put aloe vera on his eyes after i wax them and he's like oh my god it stinks and i'm like i actually like the smell i guess i'm a weirdo you are weird it It smells like straight up bo what no i think it tastes no i actually tasted it and it smells good so i don't know maybe i'm I'm oh my gosh okay well moving on to the podcast that we want to share with everyone it's called broken brain with drew perot and we'll be sure to share the name of it in our show notes. But there's this particular episode called Why We're So Damn Lonely, plus five things we can do to turn it around. So yeah, at first I felt like, okay, this is going to be a little corny. But as I kept listening, Drew had so many helpful tips to rekindling friendships that you may have dropped in the past or building a friendship with an acquaintance that maybe you didn't think at first they would be a good friend in the long run. So he had a five things that you can do to connect with people. I mean, I do feel like I am at that phase in my life where I'm open to having more friendships. And the first step he says is to take inventory and to follow up. So He said, go back and check out like in the last six months to a year through your phone, like who have you texted, who have you talked to, and see if there's anyone there that you could maybe develop a friendship with. And so I went back and I texted maybe like 15 people. And some of them were people who I met through, who ordered a stamp from me because I I carve handmade stamps and they're custom stamps. And sometimes people would come pick them up for me before COVID-19. And like we would have great conversation and they would just seem really cool. But then we didn't really talk after that. So then I thought, you know what, maybe I could follow up with some of those people. So I did. And not all 15 of them got back to me. And if you do these steps, I mean, not everyone's going to get back to you unless you're super lucky, but maybe like five or so got back to me. And then after that, the second step is to go on dates. And That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, it know. is. I love that wording. <laughs> I, I do too. Because, you know, it goes back to like how we were saying that 
friendships, developing friendships is very similar or maintaining friendships is very similar to maintaining a romantic relationship. It's true. So uh, out of those five people who got back to me and kind of were seeming like, yeah, I would hang out with you. I tried to make a date with them and say like, hey, let's go meet for coffee or let's go out for a drink or let's do this. And out of those five people, about like two or three of them actually followed through and we did it. So now I can say that I have about two friends from that little experiment who I hang out with and talk to on a regular basis that I wouldn't have before if I didn't try this. So that's not the last step. The third one is go where your tribe is or go where people grow. So if you're going through your inventory and that doesn't work and you just need to start fresh, what he's saying in this third step is always go where people are wanting to grow. So an example of that would be like the gym. People are going there because they want to better themselves. Or if you're in school, people are at school because they want to better themselves. So just go places where people want to grow or where you like to hang out. And the fourth step is the power of making and asking for introductions. This is actually my favorite one because it's the most awkward. Mm. Okay. See, I'm not, see, I don't care. I just do whatever I want in social situations sometimes. I'm just like, uh, you know, but I, think I know it you're is, pretty it, fearless. It is kind of awkward. I can see that. Yeah. This <laughs> one is like, okay, so if you are wanting to date and you ask your friend to set you up with someone, this is what you're basically doing, except you're asking your friend to set you up with another friend instead of a potential significant other. So I would say to my friend, hey, you know, I'm looking to make some more friendships and I just want to know if there's anyone that you know that would be cool for me to hang out with. And you never know. I mean, if they're friends with you, chances are they're friends with other people like you. So I actually I did do that one before um, with one of the with one of the two friends that ended up um, sticking with me after this experiment. And she took me out once with her group of friends and it was really fun. So I'm going to let Heather explain the last step, the fifth step. Okay. So step five is creating rituals and why they matter. And this one's an important step because once you've done all these things that Kristen has said, so you go through your phone, go through your Instagram, think about all these places you met people, you follow up, you hang out with them, you try going where people grow. Well, now you have to create those rituals to continue and maintain that relationship. So what kind of some examples of those is Drew Perot talks about setting like a day to kind of hang out with someone, especially when people have busy lives. It's really hard to kind of just like, oh, I'll talk to you next week or I'll talk to you again. And then you kind of don't follow up with them. So setting that ritual of saying, OK, you know what? On Saturday, let's go to brunch every Saturday. Let's go to brunch. And it's okay if you don't do it every Saturday, but just communicate with them and say, hey, you know what? This Saturday, I don't, I'm not feeling too good. I just kind of want to stay home and do nothing. But always communicate, but still follow up the following ritual that you have the following Saturday. And I think that is important. And I think I'm guilty of that. I make plans and then I kind of like, mm, I'll do it. I'll do it again. I'll do it again some other time. But I never really make those straight up, really concrete plans. The last thing that I think is the best part of this little steps that you can take is the growing part going to your tribe go where people grow and actually some research is related to that that i found for this episode really yes okay yeah i know i was like when you were reading that i was like hey i found some articles that are related to this 
So, you know, as we go through development, you know, we, we're teenagers, we go through young adulthood, then we go into mid-adulthood, which is like your 40s and 50s. What you see is like when you get older, especially in your 40s and 50s, you start to feel like you care about others. So you want to share knowledge with other people. But just because you're not 40 or 50 right now doesn't mean you can't do that now. And that's actually a good foundation for beginning and starting friendships. And going where people grow is like, okay, I want to feel better about it by myself. I want to be more physically fit. When you're surrounding yourself with people like that, they're probably more open to experience of, hey, I want to share my knowledge with you. I want to do these things with these people. So I feel like those are really much related, feeling like you want to share your knowledge or feel like you want to kind of just give back to them in a sense. And I feel like that's a good foundation for friendships. And if you're listening to this, you know, see if friendship is a priority to you. You know, you don't want to overextend yourself if you're doing so many other things and then trying to develop relationships at the same time. But if it's truly a priority for you, then, you know, maybe try out some of these things. If it's not, that's perfectly okay. And just wait until, you know, you have better ability to do that or feel less stressed out in your life or just having more time for people. I feel like, like I said, again, I was not in that space like a couple years ago. And now that I've finished school, I feel like I just want to give time to people now. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's have friends. <laughs> There's one more example that we want to share, a pop culture example about friendships. Isn't it funny that my boyfriend actually told us to talk about this? I thought that was amazing. I was like, this is the perfect thing to talk about. And he had no idea we were going to talk about friendships. Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande finally did a song together. And they are two people that Heather and I have seen in concert. We love them. And we love their music and just what they stand for. They're, I would say that they're both champions of mental health, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. They are definitely. Both of them. Lady Gaga has done a lot of awareness around mental health. And she's also shared her own mental health, mental health journey. And I think that's really big of her to do because it's not a very difficult, it's not very easy to do. It's very difficult to share that, especially with people you don't even know. And same thing with Ariana Grande as well. She shared her journey. So when they finally did a song together, I was kind of waiting and I was hoping that maybe they would bond over their mental health. And they they did. But at first, apparently, according to this insider article that I found, Lady Gaga felt ashamed to become Ariana's friend at first. And I think they just say that to try to get you to open the article and say oh no why is she ashamed of ariana grande why, why? did she not like her yeah, or whatever no that was totally not the case well gaga shared recently that she's gone through a lot with her mental health a lot of battles and you know when they were going to collaborate together on this song she felt like even though ariana was super persistent she was very happy to work with her she was excited Gaga just felt like she wasn't in that place, like she was just being too negative and she was just really not in that space. And Ariana just told her, she just called her out on it. She was like, you're hiding. And Gaga realized like, I really am. And I need to stop being like that. So they ended up blossoming this friendship and I'm just so excited because this could mean that we could have more songs out by them together and I love the song Rain On Me. What did you think of it? It's a great song to just like sing in a shower and just feel good. That's what I get from it. I love it. It is. It's a feel good song. So that's just one thing that we wanted to share with you that 
yeah, I mean, there's times where you aren't open to having new friendships and that's okay. Just feel it out and just see if this is something that's a priority to you or if it's not, that's fine. But I think both of us are in our phases in our life where we feel like it's a priority and we do want to open ourselves up to other friendships. Yeah, and I think maybe part of that is like when we're scared to go into that new journey of developing friendships, we kind of feel like we could get rejected. I think that's part of it. Or we feel like a failure, kind of what Lady Gaga was saying, right? She maybe yeah. just didn't feel 100% about developing this new friendship. So kind of, you know, look at what are your priorities again. And, you know, just because there's rejection doesn't mean that it's a total bad thing. I've always learned from my rejections that I've had. And you're just going to continue and try to do better. Exactly. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I felt like it was a good one. We have a lot of, we had a lot of great examples. And I think you shared with us some pretty interesting research that just explained a lot of things about friendships. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I love talking to you and also having our listeners comment on our podcast too. Oh my gosh, I love our listeners commenting on our podcast. It's amazing. And whenever they DM us or they share something of ours on Instagram, we so, so appreciate it, you guys. We're growing every day and we see those numbers going up and we know it's because of you because you're out there, you're sharing stuff, you're saying good things about our podcast and we really, really do appreciate it. So if you haven't followed us yet on Instagram, we can be found at psychwinepop. And there we share tons of pictures of our friendship, of our wine selections that we have in our in our pop culture episodes, and we share about upcoming episodes as well, and a ton of other fun things like self-care tips and stuff like that. So please follow us if you can. It's at PsychWinePop. Until next time. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. 